So today we're going to start with the podcast. Uh, we have a special guest. His name is Kid 8. He's a digital artist from the UK. He's also a local lad. I'd like to welcome him to the stage. If I can give a little round of applause, please. And it's a bit shady. <laughs> Hello, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, so this is the NFT Talks podcast. This is the first NFT Talks podcast live. And we're at the digital future of NFT Talks. Welcome, brother. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. And um, thanks for asking me when I was drunk to uh, do it. Caught me off guard a bit. <laughs> well, I had to find out who you were first. Uh, that, that, that was the mission, is to identify who you are and tracking you down. Um, but before we actually get into it, I, I think a lot of people want to understand a bit about yourself, um, your, your background, first of all, and how you actually got into doing art, because... I think it's really interesting because you've got, you've got skin in the game, if you put it that way, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So I, the last 15, 16 years, I've been a freelance graphic designer in the music industry. So I've done album covers, mixtapes, merch rollouts, like for platinum selling rap, like rappers. I've worked with Future. I've worked with Chris Brown, um, Snoop Dogg. I've done some mixtapes for Fabulous. Literally, I've got platinum records. I've got gold records. And um, I was just like the go-to guy for a lot of... Um, it's like record labels and like management companies, like mainly in Atlanta. So I, I was just like plugged in really early with the right people. And it's just through word of mouth, just managed to build up a name for myself as um, someone who was reliable. Like if you needed work quick and efficiently, I was the guy. So when did you actually get into digital fashion, like digital, digital uh, creating in that way? With digital, I mean, I've always been digital because mixtapes, obviously an album artwork you create on a computer. So it's like, it's just a progression from that. But I mean, I was creating very early on. I had um, a cracked um, version of Photoshop 5 when I was like 12 or something. And it's just, just been a progression from there. Okay, so, okay, you've been creating, you've got skin in the game, you're doing well on that point. I think it comes to the point of like actually introducing the space, the entity space and yeah, learning yeah. about that. So, I mean, it's really, I'd like to really find out of when did the penny drop for you? When did you hear about it? And then when did the penny drop for you to what? what it was and what, when you entered the space. Yeah, yeah. So I, I heard about NFTs, like it would have been probably 13 months ago. So like last November or whatever. And I just had a friend um, who, we had mutual friends who was like getting into the space quite early on and they had like nifty drops. And I was, he was like, have you heard of NFTs? And I was like, no, no. So I did some uh, research and found out it's like tokenizing artwork on the blockchain. How much research did you do? Like this is something important you need to I did like, stress. Yeah, no, I did like, two hours and I was like, right, I'm in, I'm all in, let's go, let's go, like, so yeah, so I did that um, and it was just like, uh, I'm joking really, because it's like, I had to uh, look at the different platforms, so I was like, at, at the time it was nifty, it was like popping off, because it was like, uh, the only one where you could pay fiat, you didn't actually need crypto to be able to buy these NFTs, mm -hmm. so um, I applied for nifty, applied for super rare, which is like a really um, curated, high-end um, NFT platform. And then I was looking at Rarible as well, because there was no uh, entry, f there was no cost to entry. Like anyone can mint anything on Rarible, like, like similar to OpenSea, but um, I just like the UI of Rarible a bit more. It's a bit more user-friendly and it just seemed a bit like cooler. So yeah, I, I applied for all these platforms and I didn't get anything. Like nifty basically came back and said, you're not relevant in the space. Like, come back when you've got a bit of more of a fan base. Because at the time, I didn't even have Twitter or anything. So when was, was this? How soon was it? In, what, what date would you say? That month? That was December. That was December. literally December okay. last year. They said, no, nah, come back. And then I applied Super Rare and got aired. Didn't hear anything back. So for me, I had like a chip on my shoulder about all the curated platforms. I was like, well, fuck these guys. Like, did they not know who I am? 
<laughs> no, I'm joking, but no, no, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, so I was like, right, I'm going to build a community. I'm going to build something. So I jumped on Twitter because I had friends that were on Nifty and on Super Rare. And they were saying the way to connect with collectors is through Twitter. Because it's like, it was very early on, but like now it's, it's a given that Twitter's like crypto native. Like yeah. everyone, the, the, if you're into crypto, Twitter's the place to be. So yeah, I just went from there and just allowed myself to just create. So I, I took my foot off the pedal as far as freelancing um, and doing client work. So I was just trying to create work for me. Okay, so when did it really take, when did, when did it really take off for you? Because obviously you've had, you've had so much success. I mean, that much success that I didn't think you were from the UK. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what I, I was saying. Yeah. I followed you and I thought you was a US artist yeah, yeah. just because of how big you were within the space until obviously I seen an interview and what on a clock time. But yeah, so when did it actually, start when you start seeing the momentum because you entered before nobody was really paying attention to you yeah do you know what it was like probably i don't know like february march time um and i don't it's like i started shit posting on twitter just like making silly jokes and whatever yeah, but like but yeah but twinning it with my artwork so i was like like showing artwork every day but also just making stupid tweets or whatever and it just sort of uh, resonated with a section of Twitter and collector base and just went from there. But it was around the time that I sort of started creating uh, the evil character. That it, it, something just like a, a, a switch flipped and everyone was like, they wanted to know more about me. Like what, what caused me to create this and who is this? Like what the fuck is all this about? And it was, um, it was just like then. So I think that, that iteration of evil was like April time. So from April to now, it's just been, the trajectory has just been up. Yeah, so t tell me about the process of creating that because that's like an iconic... Uh, no, image you. like that's not anyone kid eight you saw that picture like everyone knows it's you in it yeah, so like, yeah no so the, the actual character itself um i thought i started playing with like three years ago because i used to do graffiti and like street art and it was like had this stencil of um it was a cherub ski mask but he was like he had um a super soaker like and it was just and it was that and then i did another one and it was just like um playing with the idea of duality like the whole thing of him was like he's a cherub he's the closest thing to god they're, they're pure innocence but then you juxtapose it with the belly and the, like all the the chains like because he's heavily inspired by hip-hop and everything and then you've got the hate one side and then the love backwards and that's that's where he, it's all about duality the character he's like he's born yeah. and it's like it's it's me basically it's like childhood trauma and like fucking all these things that happen to you just in life like mm. so i think that's what resonates like the people that it resonates with they all sort of see it it's like one yeah. of them. It's sort of an unspoken thing, but everybody sees something different in him. He's like a mirror. That's why. That's how I see him, anyway. Yeah, I feel. I feel like it's a strong character, and I think uh, I do feel like that people connect it with in different ways. Yeah, and yeah. I think the hip hop side of it is that's what I really took to. Yeah, is that that's what I connected with. But um, so you say it's a reflection of yourself. Would you say? Pretty well, much? I think. Well, I mean, he's everything about him is me. It's just like um, a version of me, but everybody sees something different in him, which yeah. is I think what's it's quite funny. I mean, you look at a bald ape or whatever. And you don't have, yeah, I don't think there's that. It's, there's not as much personality. And I don't know if it's the eyes or something, but yeah. Yeah. So what, what I want to ask you to is I want you to explain the journey. I think that's important because you've had like real, real, real good success within the space from going from pretty much no, nobody in the space yeah, to yeah. being somebody. And then also talk about obviously everyone wants success, the finances and whatnot. Like, so tell me about that journey from putting your first design out there, your NFT. Um, to getting your first sale, and then the momentum after that, to, to talk about how quick the NFT space is growing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's on steroids, it's 100 miles an hour. So I minted my first one, I wanna say January this year, 
and it sold for like 0.25 ETH. So how much is that in fiat? Because not everyone's going to know that. Back you then, have to translate that. Back then, I don't know. Yeah. ETH was at like, one ETH was about 900 pound back then. So I don't know, about two, 250 quid or something. 250 quid. Yeah, for my first one back then. Okay. And, yeah, and that's, then that's that same one sold um, like, I think last month or the month before for 25 ETH, like on secondary. 25 ETH yeah, on secondary. Yeah, and I think ETH was like 4,000 at the time, $4,000. You did a quick maths? Nah. Anyone out there, quick maths? Shout out. <laughs> yeah, about 100K. Yeah, about 100K. Yeah, around 100K. So the guy that brought that brought my first NFT. Like he did, he, he came up basically, but he saw the potential in me as an artist and what I was creating. So hats off to him. Yeah. So then talk about more because obviously that's just one part of it. Like yeah, yeah. But tell me about obviously you, the, G, the Jeevos. And yeah. So the Jeevos thing was like, so I created this collection like, of evil and it was like, I started with 50 like, different variations handmade. One of one pieces. One of one pieces, yeah, because yeah. I was trying to build the community in like collector base. And it was literally, my first evils came out the same week as uh, Bored Apes did. So it was like, wow. um, it was like just a way of people collecting my art, but for cheap, do you know what I mean? Because I, I, I put them all on rareable for like 24 hour auctions at 0.1 ETH. Like that was a reserve. And then uh, after the 24 hours, they all sold. And I think the average price was like 0.3 ETH. So I was like really fucking happy, fifth, like 50 times 0.3. It was like good. I think the first drop, the, the highest sale was 2 ETH. And I was like, this is cool, man. And then more and more people were seeing them and wanting them, but there was only ever going to be 50. So then I did 50 more. And it just sort of... But that's a unique thing about NFTs, isn't it? The yeah. scarcity. That's, that's well, yeah, yeah, yeah. space, isn't it? But also like with that, the, the other side of that is if you're trying to build a community, there's only ever going to be 100 people if you've only got 100 pieces sort of thing so I was like we need, I want to grow this because everyone was like I want an evil but they've been priced out because by that time the second series the, the average sale was like four ETH or something so wow. people were priced out and I was like right I'm going to do a generative because people want them and I also wanted to use like me as an artist I wanted to use the idea of the smart contract as part of the art so like the fact that um, we all the traits and everything like I sort of took the piss out of a lot of the other collections because I don't know, there was just so many coming, coming like literally, I think at one point there's like 500 profile pictures uh, like a UV week. Projects, yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. So, it's so hard to cut through, but I already had somewhat of an established um, collector base and community. So I was like, people are gonna, if, I, I, I resigned myself to like, if it takes a week or a month to sell out, it's fine. Yeah. I could never really anticipate what happened. It sold out in under 10 minutes and we had three DDoS attacks, uh, China, Russia and India. It's like it was something like 60 million hits in the hour on like on the website it was just fucking insane and like during this whole time people are on twitter like accusing me of backdooring and like selling stuff oh, and okay. it was like i was just in pure disbelief because i was like this is my life's work and everyone there's just all these narratives going around that i'm like a shady guy and i'm not yeah. like he says wearing a ski mask but <laughs> um yeah so it was weird so everyone say, sees like eth as like success so I'm looking at the ether scam with like the balancing from the sellout and I was like, I've never felt so down in my life. I was just so fucking depressed because I was like, this is my life's work. And it, like people are just, it's just a commodity to, for some people. Like yeah. people were coming and flipping and like during the sellout and the re reveal, I think it was like 40 minutes and people were flipping them for like 10 ETH. So they were minting them at point one, flipping them for 10 ETH and then it was just fucking insane because... Crazy. So people yeah, making thousands within like... Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was like the level of... Um, entitlement of the NFT, uh, a, sec a section of the NFT community during this sort of, that sort of period. It was like, it's just so disheartening for me, but luckily we've come out the other side of it now. And like yeah. the community is really strong and like 
the eyes on the project and the stuff that's coming next year, I'm, I'm like really excited about. So I might as well say now, we, um, I just did a free airdrop for all the holders. So like okay. I airdropped everyone NFTs just based because they've got these. So they got them for free. And in the, in the airdrop, we've released um, like a single. So next year we're bringing out a mixtape. Evil's like an avatar rapper. Like we've got really sick backing, like really sick producers and vocal talent. So any, any big artists on there? Or? I can't say at the moment, but we got, there are some collabs and like some really sick producers that want to uh, like join up. But yeah, so but the airdrop was the first time that music has played a part in the traits of the rarity because like I was, anyone that's collecting NFTs, they want the rarest one. They did it, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, they want yeah, the rarest, they want the thing that's the most scarce, as you were saying. So I, I chopped the track into six parts and put them and, and twin them with 8,000 individual album covers. So I created, same way I did the, the evil, I've generated 8,000 unique covers. So yeah. the imagery and the audio play part in the rarity traits, which hasn't been done yet. And that was given away for free. And I mean, to now, I mean, this, the secondary trading volume is only like 15 ETH or whatever in the week. But the way I see it is like, any independent music artist that's trying to get money through streams on Spotify and stuff, yeah. it would take them, uh, it, they would need millions and millions of streams just to make what we've made in a week. And he's not even a rapper, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's just, because my history with the music industry, I, I sort of pitched this idea early on and they couldn't, they just couldn't get it. And yeah. then you look at like rappers and um, labels now, like they, they're doing all these pump and dump things. Like Uzi did one, like he did a massive rug. And now we've had takeoff from Migos is like, done apes in space and it's like what's that got to do with you and your community and your sort of fan Just base explain that a little bit more for the audience to understand where you're coming from because obviously like I said some people may not have been in the space at all yeah, so, so you're saying the celebrities are coming into the space artists and what do you think if you're creating an entity as a creative what do you think people should be doing the approach that people should be taking well I think if, if you're an artist it's got to be about authenticity you've got to do it for the right reasons like it, it's so easy to um, give an influencer 5e for them to pump your project so it looks like they're really invested but that is the whole point of decentralization and the technology behind NFTs is to circumnavigate the old ways of thinking in my opinion like we we're as creatives for the first time I think in our generation we we're allowed to experiment but also create new normals like, so the old way of thinking, like gallery systems and just pay for play, like we can, we don't have to do that any longer, in my opinion. I'm probably way uh, off. I there. agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what, so go back to what you were saying about the, the artists now and, and, and whatnot and, and not doing it right. Oh, uh, right. No, I just think it's so bait because it's like, um, like ASAP Rocky did uh, a nifty drop in the summer and it completely flopped. He's a rapper and he didn't release any music as an NFT. So it's like, what's, they didn't even credit the visual artist either. Like there's so many things that I think, the music industry are doing wrong if they're trying to break into NFTs. So that's what I'm trying to sort of, cr not, not create a blueprint, but just show them if you're trying to make a legitimate way through NFTs, do what, bring to the table what you do. Yeah. Like, I don't want an ape that takeoff says one of us will go to space or something. Like, what's that got to do with mu anything? Yeah, I think, it, I think it's a lot of that. I mean, it's a case of like, yeah, like I said, having the right intentions when you're going to the space and having a reason why you're creating this NFT. I feel that the mu with, with the music industry, you've got a few approaches. You've got, obviously, a different way to connect to your audience. Mm. Or, obviously, for an artist, is obviously transparency and owning uh, your, your tracks or the beats and yeah. whatnot. So that's, that's what I think the positives are for. And it gives you uh, the, the audience to, a chance to support 
the artists that they've yeah, been following. Like, I think you've probably got a hardcore following now, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's something that's important. That it, it, if you take the right approach, you'll get the rewards. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So rather than taking the money approach first. Yeah. And then and and then. Well, that's the other hardcore. thing as well. You talk about the money, like you can't do anything with Eve. You just literally can't do anything with it. Like you I, my accountant will not let me draw any out. I should. I, I'm just, <laughs> I hope no one's from the yeah, revenue you get, you get a good yeah, yeah, I'm literally. I've so I've. Everyone thinks that I'm really successful because I've like made some Eve this year, but the reality is, it's not really done anything. Like I haven't taken anything. <laughs> okay, so you you've got all the Eve stacked up. Yeah. And you can't do nothing with it. Yeah, at this basically. Point. Yeah, miserable. Okay. You need to get a better accountant then, isn't it? Huh? <laughs> you need to get a better accountant. I do. Yeah, I'll be watching this. <laughs> now. Someone out here. <laughs> yeah. All right. And so, okay. So what I want you to do is kind of since we're at talking about NFTs, I want you to kind of give maybe a blueprint tips for either a creative, an artist, or a musician, mm. and it was looking to enter the space, uh, that is just kind of getting into it, hasn't got much knowledge about blockchain, hasn't yeah. got any knowledge about NFT, doesn't really understand what's going on. How would you explain it? And what tips uh, would you give to an artist to what things to do first? Okay, I don't really understand blockchain myself, really, but no. <laughs> now, I think as an artist right now, um, it's really hard. Like, the space is so new, but so much has like, transpired in the last year. The stuff that was, um, that, is like, that was relevant January last year like, is no longer relevant now. So yeah, yeah. It's, it moves so quick. I think you've got to stay on your toes and you've just got to keep... You've literally got to just invest so much time researching and just making sure that you're, you're ahead of everything. So I think as a, like a visual graphic artist trying to get into space, you need to look at other blockchains like Tezos where it's the barrier to entry is a lot cheaper. So it's like you can mint something on, te on the Tezos blockchain for like under a, under a penny, yeah. which on ETH, depending on how busy the blockchain is, it can be anywhere between hundreds and thousands of dollars. So yeah, I think an artist, you can, you've got to come through and it's all about building community and building like collector bases because You've got the way I sort of looked at it early on was like seeing myself as a store of value and everything that I was creating. Like people will buy it if it will go up in value and they think that they can make profits out of it. So it's, there's layers of like gamification that you can add in, and it's like uh, you've got to create FOMO. People have got to want to buy into you the as a creator. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You could, like think of yourself as a crypto asset in itself, and then that sort of once you can think of that rather than just I'm just going to mint some artwork and if it sells, it sells. Like everyone at the end of the day wants to make money. Like yeah, there are there are like angel investors that want to help you and help your brand and move forward, but the reality is everyone in the crypto space right now is f for money. So you've got to you've got to just see yourself as something that holds value, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think education is a, a, a massive part. Hence why putting on this event and yeah. having people like yourself speaking because uh, there's there's a lot of things that can go wrong. I, yeah. guess, I mean, have you had a, had any bad experiences? Uh, whether you buying an NFT or yeah, yeah. crypto alongside, I mean, would you, if you can share that and and talk about the don'ts, as much as we talk about the do's and what we need to do, to talk about what sh what shouldn't you do, what should you look out for uh, within the space. Yeah, so I've never bought an NFT that's gone up in value. Like I'm so bad at buying NFTs. Like, did you ever hear of Super Yetis? Super Yetis. Super no, Yetis. No. You never heard of Super Yetis? A Super Yetis. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I was like. I had friends that were like, buy these Yetis, these are going to go up, these are going to go up, and they below floor within half an hour or something. So yeah, just I think you've just got to do it from, with conviction. And if you are buying NFTs, you've got to remember like, this might, I might never get this value back. So make sure you're buying something that you like. Like, something that you're going to look at and think, even if this is worth nothing, I still, in, I still enjoy it. And it's like, I don't mind holding onto it for years. 
Um, but there's different ways of playing it because like the whole NFT space, it is quite gambly. There's a lot of like degenerate gamblers in the space, like in the profile picture game and stuff. So yeah. there, you, if you watch the right people, you can make quick flips and stuff. But I come from the side of an artist, like I'm pro artist. I'm all about raising up um, awareness of other artists. So I think just buy stuff with conviction that you like more than anything. Yeah, I mean, I get, I'm sure you get a lot of people as I do and people in the room asking you, how do I make money? Yeah. How do I make money in this? There's lots of money in it. Uh, how do I make money? I mean, what advice would you give to somebody? What, what do you even say to the people like that, that ask them questions? I mean, by all means, I mean, if I didn't understand the space, I'd probably ask a question myself. Mm. But like you said, it's kind of like, it's, we're in a position where we're in limbo. Is there a way to make money? It's all a gamble at this point. But there's a lot of opportunity. I yeah. like think there's, we're at the point of building. Yeah. And if you're a builder and you want to create opportunities and build things in this space, this is the perfect time. And Definitely. it could work out for you if you're persistent and it's a good idea and, it, and you know what you're doing. But there's also a gamble that it doesn't, that's not in the real world. I think just you've got to have a long frame mindset. Like if you buy EVE today and you leave it a year, it's going to be worth more. If you leave it four years, it's going to be worth more. Like look at yeah. Bitcoin four years ago. It's like just chill out. Just like buy something, wait a couple of times. Like you don't buy a house and expect it to 10x overnight. Like there's no other industry that I can think you can put money in and it's going to 10x overnight legitimately. So like the technology is not going anywhere. Like the blockchain and people coming into NFTs, it's only getting more abundant. Just chill, like buy something with conviction, wait, just buy Ethereum, buy Bitcoin, all these things that like aren't really going to go anywhere and yeah. just wait, I think. Okay, so leading on to that, NFTs not going anywhere, blockchain's not going anywhere. Obviously you're in the art space. The art space is spearheading the NFT space. Mm. Uh, but a lot of people may think NFTs is just art. Yeah. It isn't. NFTs are technology. So tell me, what other industries are you interested in and you're excited about, whether it's digital fashion, gaming, music, real estate, all these things NFTs can disrupt? Yeah. So I'm not a massive gamer, but I know for a fact that the gaming NFTs um, is just going to take off next year. I think that'll probably be the next big boom, anything gaming and NFT, because... It, everybody's excited about it and everyone's trying to figure out the best way to, to get into it. So I think gaming and anything with gaming and anything with NFT connected is going to uh, take off. But yeah, I mean, I'm interested in digital fashion, but especially with like um, the metaverse, uh, the, like the meta uh, announcement. It's like there's a massive hole at the moment for something that bridges all the different... So you've got Decentraland, you've got Crypto Voxels, you've got um, Sandbox, all these different yeah. um, metaverses. There's nothing that bridges them all. So, like, I created some masks for Decentraland. They don't work in crypto so boxes. Interoperable. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think the, the, it's in the work, but it's still still so early that it's it's a bit janky and a bit rough around the edges. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, I keep saying we're so early because we are. Like, yeah, nobody. Are. There isn't. If anyone tells you they know what they're talking about, they're full of shit. No one really <laughs> has a clue what's going on. No, I see. I see. But no, you can try and no guide people. Expert. You learn every <laughs> yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, so things change. So I, I agree with that, man. So, we, okay, so you've talked about the metaverse, you talked about digital fashion. Obviously, everyone may have heard the announcement with Facebook, meta, metaverse, big word flying around right yeah. about now. What's your thoughts um, of how things may look in the next, say, five to ten years with the metaverse, whether it's virtual reality mm. or AR or so on, so my personal views on that is like, we can't all just be like sat down with Oculus strapped to our heads 24 hours a day. Like it's, it's gonna be like something off Black Mirror. So I think there's gonna be a point where the real world and the physical realm sort of has to 
come together with AR and VR and all these things where it's sustainable because we can't just, not everything can be online. Not everything can be on the, the chain. Like we still need real life experiences. We still yeah. need, there's nothing like holding a physical thing in your hand. And it's like, there's, it's just going to be a weird balancing act, I think, the next couple of years. But ultimately, we're not all just going to be sat in our bedrooms with Oculus. Like, well, you, you say that, but I think, I'm sure if one checks their phones and how long they're spending their phones, whether it's glued to a screen, yeah. that is, the, as Web.2.0, we do partly live in the metaverse already, yeah. which is going to be more immersive and, and actually experiencing. Well, I imagine there's going to be some sort of like AR, VR, not like headset, but like glasses, like Google glasses. Yeah, Snapchat's or already bringing that out. Something like that where you can just like through head-up display, see what's in someone's wallet or just see who they are on Twitter, or they, like all these sort of things. I think that's more like, likely than this just plugging into the mainframe and never speaking in real life. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So let's go back on to a bit more about yourself, exciting news, things that are happening. Obviously, you was out in our, uh, Miami. Miami, our yeah. Basel. Um, Tell me anything going on, anything you can talk about. Do you know, I've got, I'm under a lot of NDAs I can't even really talk about. Like if, this was, if this was in two weeks, I probably could tell you a bit more. But um, I'll release it in two weeks. Everyone has to keep it a secret here. No, I can't do that. I can't do that. Now, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited about a lot of stuff. So it's, it's just so bizarre for me from like, the, like literally 12 months ago, I was still freelancing and had all these ideas, but no one took me seriously. And now I'm being like taken out for dinner by the head of like Universal and the head of WMG, like all these people call to me for my ideas. So it's just, it's, it's a bit fucking mad to be honest. But hopefully it's not a top signal. Like I hope, <laughs> hope it's not like everyone making a mistake. But um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. The next 12 months for me are gonna be quite big. Like, so there's a lot of verticals moving forward for me. So Evil Empire is like, we've got the music side, we're doing animation, we've got the merch, and then we've got like, me as a person, I'm sort of pushing myself out there more in like, as a personality, because everyone says they enjoy me speaking or whatever. But the weirdest thing actually, I don't even know I can really talk about it. Go on, go on. I don't know, man. Go on, a bit of pressure. No, I can't do it, I can't do it. I can't, sorry, no, that's really, really bait, sorry. Um, yeah, sorry, change subject, sorry, okay. sorry, sorry. sorry. All right, <laughs> All right. That, it got a bit serious there, didn't it? Yeah, no, okay, yeah. cool then, so you can't talk about that, but there's amazing opportunities going on at yeah. this point. Um, obviously, music and whatnot. Um, how, how do you see, I want to ask you a question, how do you see things in the next 10 years? Waking up in the morning, I want you to describe your life in the next 10 years. My life. Yeah, your life. With NFTs, all the technology that's happening, whether it's through music or transport or access to events, like talk me through a day, wake up in the morning, how you visualise things will be in using this immersive technology and NFTs. I'll be dead in 10 years. That's a bit more. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, I don't know, man. That's, that's a mad one. Um, I'd... If I'm being totally honest, in Go 10 on. years, I'd like to just be on a private island somewhere with no technology just off by myself. <laughs> no, but I don't know. It's self-driving cars. I don't know. It's like, who the fuck knows, man? That's such a mad question to ask me. You could have asked me before so, I could have prepared something. You know what? You know, I've asked yourself because you're in, you're, you're in the space. The reason why I ask you is because you're, yeah. you're in the space. You're, you're seeing these things happen. I mean, we're talking about the success you, you, that's happened over a period of like what, five, six months. Six months? Six, seven months, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I think, yeah, to answer that, I think everything will be on chain. Like, your mortgage will be on chain. It will, it, there's a lot of industries that will need to be, like, um, refocused and reformatted, I think. Like, because yeah. the thing is with smart contracts and the technology behind, um, behind them is, like, it cuts out so many middlemen and so many people will be losing jobs. So a lot of industries, I think, are going to have to restructure. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a mad time. It's like... The, the, 
we are at the beginning of Web 2.0 now. It's like the, 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 the things that are being built and brands that are being created and people that are pushing themselves forward. You've got the next Amazons and the next Ebays being formed right Facts. now. So yeah, it's, it's a mad time. But also like with the technology and like flipping it on the art side, I see it as adjacent to like the beginning of pop art in the 80s, like the, the Andy Warhols, the Basquiat's, the um, uh, Keith Herring's, like all these people are now, they're putting themselves forward. Like there's, there's no reason that in like 10, 20 years or whatever, you, my, one of my pieces won't be next to a Basquiat or something. Like there's, these are all things um, that I think are going to happen. I mean, look at people. He sold for more than Jeff Koons in, in the sum of 70 million and then, uh, the other week he sold for more. And then you've got young artists like Ferocious, who people are already saying is like the next... Um, who are they comparing him to now, man? Warhol, maybe. But yeah, there's, there's so many... Um, we're, we're just, it's just a mad time right now. Just absolute mad. And it's, we will look back in 10, 20 years and this will never be replicated this moment in time, in for my real, opinion. Advice-wise, advice time for people again. Is there anything out there, NFT-wise... Now, you've got your eye on. I mean, you, you know you said you're a bit shit at buying NFTs, but mm. anything, projects, friends, um, um, the artwork, anything that you think is amazing that you think maybe that no one knows about or isn't out yet that you can give people kind of heads up to what's going to, to go and look at? Do you know, I've, I'm so dialed in in what I'm doing. I'm so, like, out the loop of everything else. I know Artifact just dropped and, like, they're revealing soon. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's... Let me think. I don't know. I think the... Uh, the what the, about your recent... You've done some collabs, haven't you? Yeah, some collaborations. Yeah, I've done, yeah I do yeah. collabs all the time, yeah. Um, there's, there's, that's the thing. There's so many talented artists. The moment I, I mention one, my DMs are full of people saying, why don't you say me? Like, so, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. best for me to stay neutral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Um, okay, maybe it's better... Okay, I understand. Maybe it's better to mention the collabs then. Some of the collabs, amazing artists that you've worked with that you've done, you've done collabs with on... You work already. I'm completely spacing already, to be honest. Oh yeah, no. So yeah, I've done. Um, I'm, I've got some stuff with Bill Ellis coming um, on the next Devils drop. X Solo, um, Jason Ebayer from Australia. Like, there's so many. The thing is, as well, like all the artists in the space are so collaborative. I think because none of us are doing freelance work anymore, we've yeah. got more time to work with like, one another. Like shout, shout out to Defaced. Defaced is probably yeah. If I had to shout, if I had to give you one recommendation of an artist to buy. It'd be defaced. He's like a 21 year old lad, most screwed on, so talented. And he's got like this, um, this character. And like, yeah, to me, he's the next big blue chip artist. If I had to go all in on one artist, it'd be defaced. Okay, so you heard it there first, guys. Write it down, defaced. Yeah, he looks like Grinder from uh, People Just Say Nothing. <laughs> like, literally, just spit. <laughs> nah, he's a cool guy, he's just chilled. Yeah, yeah he's so yeah, chilled. He's, he's like, so he's chilled. backwards. He's like that. Yeah, man, he's mad. But yeah, that's, that's who I'd uh, shout out, definitely. So, um, Rounding it up, where can people find you? Where can people find your work? Where can they contact you? I know obviously you're not... Well, in fact, before we get into it, why do you choose to be anonymous? Oh, because I'm ugly. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you know you're what? Like, like, now, do you know what it was? When I was freelancing, it was just... Um, I always hid behind a logo because I wanted it to always be... The focus was the work, not me. And working in the music industry, I was like this white guy from England and I was doing all like... Working with all these trap artists like Gucci Mane and all this. Like, I thought, if they... If, the optics, I didn't know what the optics were, so I was like, fuck it, hide behind the logo. And then when I came onto Twitter, everyone's like, you can't just have a logo. It's like, people want to know a bit more about you. So I just threw on the mask because of evil. And I was like, it's a weird one. So I'm anonymous. So yeah, so I'm anonymous online because I wear the mask. Yeah. But then I come in here, if I was to wear the mask, I'd just stand out. Like, it's mad. So it's a weird duality I'm sort of on the uh, knife edge of. But yeah, I think... And also, like, a lot of people in crypto are anonymous just because of... Yeah, that's the nature of it, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a dangerous game. 
Okay, so <laughs> you're back to where, okay, where can we find you then? So online-wise, where can yeah, people so reach out to you? Yeah, so Twitter, underscore Kid8, and then Instagram, Kid8, um, and then there's links to like Discord and stuff like that. But yeah, my, my Evil's collection, I'm in the Discord daily and like talking to collectors and like giving out bits of alpha and announcements here and there. So yeah, man. I mean, don't only follow me if you like, you, you're not that... Um, this is crap of getting back to you. Huh? You're crap of getting back I'm to people. I'm crap of getting back to people, yeah, but don't like follow me if you're sensitive because some of my content's a bit bit on the edge sometimes. Oh yeah. I've been cancelled a couple of times this year, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I made it back. Yeah, of course, you know, of course, man. All right, well, bro, thank you for coming on. Thanks thank for having you for your time. Uh, I'm sure. Is there, before we end it, actually, is anybody got any questions that they'd like to ask? I'll come out there. Anyone want to put any hands up? Happy to ask a question, yeah? Okay, then, cool. Let me get down there. Um, two questions, really. Yeah. Um, Top five tokens of next year that you're looking out for? I'm not giving financial advice. No way. No way. Sorry, mate. All right. Um, <laughs> second question. All right. Um, you went to Aunt Basel, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think about EYLs and 90 Keys theory when it comes to thesis, when it comes to um, NFTs? I've, I haven't heard it. Tell me. Um, well, 90 Keys is like, he, he spoke about this maybe about a year ago, about the NFTs and like how it's going to change the world when it comes to the HoloLens and everything and saying like it's going to be more addictive like when it comes to the metaverse like more than phones like 14 times so do you think that that's true? Probably because anything that's got money behind it monetary value so people can make money from it I think I think if NFTs ever like become more accessible like NFTs on the Ethereum blockchain become more accessible um a bit more mainstream because everyone's been priced out. So I think because there's so much money in, involved in them, um, they can, they are addictive. It's like you've got, yeah, I think right now, yeah. I know there's people like that are putting their rent and their mortgages on buying NFTs and then when they don't sell overnight, they're then selling at a loss. Like that's not normal behavior and you wouldn't get that with on your phone or whatever. Like, yeah, I think there's a, there is a weird, weird space at the moment, weird um, position we're in, I think. But yeah. yeah, I'd like to add to that, man. Yeah, I think it's crazy FOMO. Yeah, yeah. Like it can, I think it can affect the way the NFT space uh, started, where everything drops happen every minute. Yeah. Trying to get there to make sure you get the drop and that. Yeah, yeah. Just a lot of pressure. It was like, I mean, I wasn't a lot involved with a lot of the drops, but even when I was trying to get involved, it was stress. Like, yeah. And if you miss out and you didn't get, you didn't get on the, get on the, the white, the white, the white list, the, no, the white yeah. list, sorry, yeah, and so on. It's just, it's crazy. So yeah, there is that part of it. But early on, it wasn't like that. I think like when, when the apes came out, they, I think they took all weekend to mint. They were zero point zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now people see apes selling for a hundred and whatever each. I regret like, that Just day. ridiculous. I mean, I, I was there on Saturday, like open sea. I was like trying to buy the secondary. I was like. I don't like these. Like, I just don't think these are good. And I couldn't decide which one I wanted, so I just left it. And then they got to one ETH floor and then four. And then I almost bought in at seven. I was like, I still don't like these. And now, yeah, but you've got to live with it. You can live with it, if you didn't yeah, like yeah, it, yeah, you yeah. can live with it. But um, yeah, I think it was a great question, man. Thank you. You got one more question over there? All right, then. One second. <coughs> hey, man. So you started on ETH chain, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you intend to continue on that? And if so, why? Yeah, I think, well, I'm still doing stuff on ETH, but that the airdrop I told you about was on Polygon, because it's like a layer two solution. But I think ETH will be, I think just it's always going to be here. Like there's other uh, blockchains like Tezos, but Tezos, I think, if, like ultimately will just be another layer two to ETH, because it's, it's always just going to be the strongest blockchain, in my opinion. Like all these ones that are saying they're going to come and kill ETH, like Cardano and Polygon, I just can't see them ever just 
killing it. So, yeah, I think if you're thinking long-term, ETH is the one uh, to mint on and collect on as well, maybe. Good, thanks. One more question, bro. Nice. Hi. Um, so, it's a similar question to the young man um, who just asked the question, which was outside of Ethereum uh, blockchain, which are your preferable uh, chains to mint on and also which marketplaces as well? Yeah, so Tezos, definitely, just because it's the point of entry is so um, easy. But also, like, the collector base there are a lot more welcoming. It's they're, they're there for the art rather than flips. I mean, there is money to be made on Tezos, but they all seem to be, like, long-term collectors. But there was a platform called, um, i just say Hen, because I can't pronounce it. It's, like, Latin. But, like, the owner of that recently just rugged the whole thing because he was a bit of a, a, bit of a megalomaniac. But uh, it, there has, there's others that have popped up in its place. I think it's Object... O B J K T. So that's that's a good one. So I would I would recommend Tezos blockchain for anyone trying to get into NFTs. And then once you've got a community and a collector base, go on to Ethereum because the risks are a lot less um, on Tezos. Perfect. Well, I'd like to round it up. Um, if I'm going to give Kid Eight a round of applause for today, thanks. Thank you. Cheers, Jake. It's been a pleasure, bro. Thanks for coming down. That's it.